97.9 The Hill, WCHO, and the UNC Hustman School of Journalism and Media present Sports Focus with Charlie Tuggle. Sports Focus, dedicated to in-depth examination of issues of overriding importance in the sports world. Each week, we'll discuss problems and look for solutions in professional, collegiate, and amateur sports. From Carroll Hall on the Carolina campus, here's your host, UNC journalism professor, Charlie Tuggle. Welcome to Sports Focus. Our topic today, the effect of the coronavirus on college sports. Our guest, Brendan Marks, a writer for The Athletic and a UNC alum. So, Brendan, first question is, what do you have to write about? <laughs> yeah, Dr. T, that's, that's sort of been the ongoing challenge, right? Um, ever since games were canceled, it feels like it's been two years ago, but I guess it was only a couple of weeks. Um, we've really been trying to reach out to people via phone. You know, everyone's sort of in the same boat. Um, so fortunately, people have time to talk if you call them up and try a chat. So uh, a lot of our work has been trying to get in touch with people on the phone, doing projects um, that we might not have had time for in season looking back on historical anniversaries, that sort of thing. So we've definitely had to be creative, um, but fortunately we're still able to keep churning out stories. So do a lot of your stories have the uh, COVID-19 angle? Uh, We're trying to get away from that as much as we can, um, just because I think at this point, everybody really knows what's going on. So us continuing to smash people over the head with it doesn't really accomplish anything. Um, And actually, we are fortunate enough that we can sort of look at our analytics of um, how different stories do when when the COVID-19 issue is framed differently. And we found that Uh, unsurprisingly, people are sort of tired of hearing about it in sports. So we try to get away from it as much as we can. But obviously, there's circumstances where you can't really do that. All right. Well, we're going to spend about the next 20 minutes talking about about that (laughs) very thing. (laughs) All right. uh, Spring sports. Let's talk about that first. The NC2A ruled at the end of March that all spring sports athletes would get another year of eligibility. That creates some issues that we can talk about in a minute. But what we're hearing is that the ACC has said, yes, fine, we're going to go along with that. Now it's at the university level to decide all of those specifics. Uh, What about scholarships? What about travel? What about bigger rosters than we're used to having? Is that your understanding? Yeah, it is basically. Um, You know, since the NCAA came out and and sort of made this decision, and for what it's worth, I think that it's a a right decision. You know, you had so many athletes who are seniors who, uh, you know, maybe played a game or two or three, you know, and and that's not any way that they should be spending their senior season. So uh, I I agreed with the decision just sort of off the jump. But yeah, at this point, it's going to be up to individual schools and their discretion of how they want to allocate their funds, you know, just because someone is eligible to come back. uh, Maybe that doesn't necessarily mean they want to, you know, some people who would have been seniors this season, maybe they graduate, maybe they go on to play professionally, maybe they um, have something else lined up that, they're, that they can't really turn back from. So I don't think this is a situation where you can apply a, a one-size catch-all net. I really do think that it's going to um, be up to individual schools to work with their specific athletes and figure out what's the best case scenario for everyone. Um, there's just too much difference and, and too much volatility to try and create a one-size-fits-all standard, I think. 
So a lot of it is going to come down to finances and there's less money to go around now than there used to be. Uh, when you cancel March Madness, that's millions of dollars that would have come into the schools uh, that is not coming in now. Uh, people are questioning whether college football will happen. Uh, we'll, we'll get into that now, but the, the money available, I think is going to be an issue and on this show, and you and I might have actually talked about this before, we've talked about enormous coaching salaries and administrative costs and construction of facilities and all that. It, it, some of these uh, athletics departments might wish that they had held some of that money back for a rainy day uh, as, as opposed to spending all of it on these other things. Thoughts? Yeah, absolutely. I think that's 100% the case. And really, because of this, what I think you're going to see is that the way that college athletics are structured in general, um, as a result of, of this crisis we're going through right now, I think you're going to see schools, um, you know, setting aside more of that money, as you said, for like a rainy day fund, um, you know, in, a, in case of emergency, break glass. Because what you're seeing now is that so many schools were unprepared and, and the way that the system was constructed, um, you know, the way that the money is tied to specific events, the, the imbalances in the way that money is distributed, the imbalances in the way that different schools get money, um, I think all of that, the, the flaws and the cracks in it have sort of been exposed. And so I think that going forward, um, you know, whenever we do eventually get out of this, whatever shape that college athletics emerges, you know, if this does impact football season down the line, and we can talk more about that, that's going to have even uh, longer range ramifications. But this is going to fundamentally change the way that college athletics are structured, um, not just for all of these seniors and, and athletes who are getting sort of a one-year reprieve, but at the institutional level, we're going to see changes about the way that things are funded and, and I think the funding in general. All right. Do you think that that applies to coaching salaries, uh, to construction of putt-putt uh, golf courses and, you know, paneled, uh, uh, wood paneled uh, locker rooms and all that kind of stuff? Yeah. I mean, I think it, it all, it's all on the board, you know. Um, fortunately, I think that a lot of these coaches are in a position financially where if they can defer part of their salaries – um, if they can donate part of their salaries, you know, if they can scale things back, I think that's an option that's on the table. You see um, that's sort of something that's happening uh, across the professional sports realm, certainly. And within the NCAA model, I would say that coaches probably come as close to anybody in terms of qualifying as professionals because they are being compensated at, at such a high rate. Um, yeah, I don't see a way that coaches aren't going to be impacted by this. Construction is going to have to take a hold, um, you know. You even look at partners like ESPN, if they had expansion plans, the ACC network just came out and, and this is sort of uh, going to make a massive gap in the schedule for them. How are they able to sustain? So uh, I think that all of those things are going to be affected. There, there's not going to be any aspect of college athletics that emerges unscathed just because we've seen how intertwined all of the money is. Um, when it is that way and the money stops coming, it makes a mess for everybody and, and everything. Sports Focus, we'll be right back. You're listening to Sports Focus with Charlie Tuggle. And now, back to the show. Welcome back to Sports Focus. We're talking about the effects of COVID-19 on college sports, both spring sports and potentially fall sports. We're talking with Brendan Marks, who writes for The Athletic. Brendan, uh, 
published reports show that the Big Ten is thinking about resuming operations on May 4th, SEC and Pac-12 at the end of May. Uh, football coach Mac Brown from UNC has said, we hope to come back as a team in July. Can any of these predictions or hopes or wishes be met or is it too early to say yeah we're going to be business as usual in the fall yeah you know without without trying to shame anyone or or to you know to wish anyone ill I think some of these college coaches who you've heard saying you know business as usual um you know I think that's sending a really bad message and and fortunately locally with uh the coaches at North Carolina and Duke and NC State, you've seen sort of the opposite, and they're urging people to stay inside and take this seriously. There's no way that we can know when we're going to get back to normal. Um, you know, if the White House doesn't know, if the CDC doesn't know, if any of those bodies don't have an idea, then there's no way that college athletes are going to be able to have any sort of college athletics in general. Um, the timeline for when normalcy resumes is not going to be determined by the NCAA. It's not going to be determined by any one athletic director. It's not going to be determined by any one league or conference. It's going to be determined by this virus. Whenever this virus stops, whenever we get to a point where we can safely live our normal lives again, that's when this is going to resume. So anybody saying anything contrary to that uh, is really just shooting in the dark. Now, I will say and caveat that there have been coaches that I've spoken with that think that there's, there's something of a timeline emerging, um, a timeline where potentially you're looking at getting back to moderately normal, uh, you know, courses of business by the end of July, thinking about having an NBA draft, um, you know, that eventually has to happen as it, as it relates to college basketball. That's something I'm interested in potentially doing that in an August or a September even. Um, but anything saying that we're going to be ready in May, I don't think that we're going to have verdicts on a lot of these leagues and a lot of operations until the beginning of May. So um, I'd be very surprised if, if, if we get into May and we have any sort of normal athletics activities. This definitely seems like something that's going to be a lot longer term. Um, but again, anybody saying that they have any knowledge one way or the other is totally spitballing and guessing. And, and it's up to the virus to determine when we get back to normal. Yeah, and, and then there's the question of what is normal? Not only the timeline, but, you know, is normal meaning that we start to do things that we used to do, but we still maintain social distancing? How do you do that as a fan at a college football game? The players can't possibly do it, right? Because the, it, it, it is total body contact for uh, four hours on a Saturday afternoon. So, not only do we not know the time, we don't know what the new normal really is. Right. And I think that's one of the big reasons why, you know, I've, I've seen and heard multiple proposals the past few days and weeks. Um, you know, this idea that, that we originally had before everything was canceled that, oh, yeah, you know, we'll have normal athletics, but we'll have them without fans. Well, that that doesn't really solve anything because all of the athletes, as you said, are still going to be at risk. They're still potentially being compromised. Uh, coaches, same thing. There's no way to have college athletics if you can't have college. You know, you have to have students on campus. So the idea of having no fans to me has always been a little bit silly. It doesn't really accomplish anything. Um, 
but yeah, you know, the, the sense of normal is when we're all able to be around each other again. And, and again, saying that, you know, one way or another, if that's going to happen in May or July or August or October, um, at this point, it, it just seems like a shot in the dark to me. I've talked to several spring sports coaches and several spring sports athletes, and I'm, I assume, I'm sure, that this applies to college football and and uh, all the other sports, college basketball, men's college basketball. It's the idea of not knowing, right? Not having a date certain, not knowing uh, what your future really is. That's so problematic for these student athletes and, and their coaches, too. Absolutely. And, you know, unfortunately, because of the way that the college athletics are structured, I'm sure that that uh, sense of not having any control is only exacerbated for spring sports coaches who are dependent on the revenue of March Madness, who are dependent on the revenue of of college football to be able to have the funding they need to compete. So, um, you know, without March Madness, if the college football season were theoretically delayed, Um, Are you looking at a situation where a coach no longer has the requisite funding to to sign an additional player? Or maybe they don't have the funding to bring back one of those seniors who who sort of saw their season and their career cut short. Um, You know, those are all the sorts of things that we're not going to be able to fully analyze the extent of them until we get a little bit further down the line. But certainly, I think if the college football season is impacted in any way, there's no way that spring sports and the coaches and the money there isn't going to get tied up in this whole mess too. It's, it's inevitable. Sports Focus, we'll be right back. You're listening to Sports Focus with Charlie Tuggle. And now back to the show. Welcome back to Sports Focus and our discussion with Brendan Marks of The Athletic about uh, coronavirus and college sports, both spring sports and beyond. Uh, so, Brendan, you mentioned uh, about college football being affected. Uh, of course, you meant the season being affected because the sport has already been affected. No spring game, no practice, no recruiting. You know, how, uh, of course, uh, how can you get if you come back in July let's say you have two months to get ready for the opening game but at least your opponent also has only two months but it's 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 the craziest time I can remember in 40 years of covering college athletics yeah absolutely there's there's no way around it um you know I I was on the phone a couple of days ago with with an assistant coach um for a local basketball team and and they're basically saying you know I have never heard of this none of my superiors or colleagues have heard of this um it's all just so foreign and that's why I think you are seeing so many of these um differing timelines and guesses that are emerging you're hearing different people saying different things because nobody knows we're all just guessing um people are trying to make comparisons to to past situations but there really isn't an apt comparison for the situation that we're enduring right now so um but but certainly i I think the biggest thing to realize is that whenever this does happen whenever we do get through this situation and we get back to to some semblance of normalcy when we do that, everyone's going to be at an equal disadvantage. Uh, college football coaches, college basketball coaches, um, players who are looking to be recruited, um, players who are coming back, players who have left. Everybody is going to be at a disadvantage, but, but thankfully it should at least be some similar level of disadvantage. 
All right. So there was a, a, an article in the News and Observer a couple of days ago, and there are a couple of quotes from uh, UNC Athletics Director Bubba Cunningham in here that I, I want to uh, bring your attention to and bring our listeners' attention to. Uh, Cunningham was basically questioning, is there a different organizational structure that comes out of this? I, I kind of read between the lines on things like this is there has been talk already about who needs the NC2A, right? The, the Power Five conferences are pretty autonomous these days. Is this, you know, don't waste a crisis, you know, you know that saying? Is this a time that people start to think about, truly think about, is the NC2A the right way to, to be organized these days? Yeah, if there was ever a time to rethink the fundamental basis of college athletics and the amateur model, this is it. You know, we've been given uh, four or five, however many months, you know, we're already a month into this thing. We don't know how much longer we'll have. But if there was ever a time to sit back and brainstorm ideas and try and come up with a better system, obviously, I think that's right now. Uh, the one thing that is complicating that picture, obviously, is the money. It's the revenue. It's the loss of revenue. It's the revenue changes. It's how the revenue is being distributed. All of those things are going to complicate any discussions about changing the overall business model because without the money that you're used to having, you're operating under a different budget. You're, you're really operating under no budget. You don't know how much you're going to have to work with. So that's the part that complicates all of this. But um, certainly, if there was ever a time to, to rethink changes to the NCAA, this is it. And, and I think that we are going to see changes as a result of this. I think we're going to see uh, a lot of different changes to the way that, that money is distributed, the way that things are tied together. Because as we've seen, if we were ever to go through this thing again, um, you know, talk about shaking college sports and sports in general to their, to their core. It's, it's wild to see how this one shutdown is going to have, uh, you know, almost something of a generational impact. So a couple of other things that Bubba Cunningham mentioned in this, uh, in this article is he questions is 16 sports, the right number. Uh, so, you know, again, reading between the lines, it's like, okay, if you're going to shut down some sports, which ones, uh, title nine comes into play. He right. questions is 85, the right number for football scholarships. I don't, that's a lot of people to have on scholarship. Uh, you it need is. a lot of bodies, but is that the right number? So that, uh, again, I, I, I agree with you. I think the entire landscape of college sports will change whenever it is that we get back to playing college sports. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I think that's a very fair point to have. How do you pick? How do you pick who you are giving the money to? Title IX, like you said, is obviously something that's going to play a factor in all of this. Um, at different schools, it's going to play a factor. Maybe, you know, for example, you look at North Carolina and the success of certain Olympic sports programs there. Obviously, they, those are programs that, in the case of any revenue shortage, will be given a precedent. Um, lacrosses, soccers, those sorts of things. But maybe that's not the case at another school. You look, you know, down the road, NC State, wrestling is much more of a, of a draw there. So maybe that's where the money goes. So it's, it's going to be really interesting to see how different schools handle this, how different schools um, end up shutting things down. And that's going to have a reverse impact back up to the, to the leagues at large. Um, you know, one thing we haven't talked about at all, Dr. T, is there's not like a, a nationwide standard of how this is impacting places, how it's impacting us here in North Carolina is so different than the way it's impacting a place like, say, New York. Um, 
getting to some level of standardization there, I think is going to impact the timelines too. So again, there's so much out there swirling that anyone trying to make a pointed guess or argument or timeline, um, you know, you just can't do that right now. It's, it's, there's too much left to unsettled. Those of us who are sports fans, Brendan, can only say, dear God, just please bring, bring it back sometime, sometime soon. Please. <laughs> and that does it for this edition of Sports Focus. Thanks to our guest, Brendan Marks. Thanks also to producer Laura Field. And as always, thanks to you for listening. Cheers. Thanks to Richard Southall, Mark Nagel, and Deborah Southall at the College Sport Research Institute at the University of South Carolina for their research and guidance and for access to CSRI's international network of sources. Sports Focus is a service of UNC's Hussman School of Journalism and Media.